Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Art from Tucson. Thanks for all the great information on the podcast. I'm a regular listener. I have a question about gold and silver, GLD, SLD, and the gold miners, uh, GDX, ETFs. I'm overweight in precious metals right now. If I should uh, exit, trim, or hold on to these investments. And provides unbiased answers. My concern with gold is we've already had lots of inflation, and gold didn't do anything doesn't mean I hate gold. I don't. I still like it as a hedge against any market volatility. So for that purpose, it, it would do well. Invest Talk. Over 37 million downloads and counting across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by... KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, December 21st, 2021. We are now moving through the final trading days of 2021. Christmas is just four days away. It is on Saturday this year. The market will be closed on Friday, December 24th, in observance of Christmas. We have prepared a new Best of Caller Questions and Best Talk show for Friday. We'll see if we get our Christmas rally. Technically, the Christmas rally is supposed to be between Christmas and New Year's, only that one week. But most people think of the Christmas rally as most of December, and so do I, really, to be honest, most of December. But we've been seeing some weakness here. We certainly have, except for today which we'll talk about here in a minute. So you only have a couple of weeks to get done what you need to get done in your portfolios. And that, and I'm talking about, you know, make sure you've harvested all your tax losses that you can. Okay, so you can pay, uh, don't have, pay as little taxes as possible is what the goal is. So if you have uh, capital gains that you already incurred, or realized capital gains, you certainly want to realize capital losses that maybe you haven't realized, meaning you haven't sold the positions you had losses in. So it's it's a game we all have to play at the end of the year. So make sure you do that. Um, and, of course, you want answers specifically about specific things, anything financial we'll talk about. But most people uh, listening to the show want to talk about stocks, but we can talk about anything financial, anything. Okay, and this is all about building our financial future, building our comfort zone. And I'll be honest with you, mine, uh, I'm kind of done building my comfort zone. I'm very comfortable. I don't really need to worry about it anymore, but I've got lots and lots of relatives that I was just talking that have have not done anything proper <laughs> in building their own financial future. I have well, one, I was talking to one brother-in-law all over the weekend about we were having dinner and a family dinner and he was telling me that they don't have hardly he's 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 my age and have less than a hundred thousand dollars and that's very disheartening you know he's gonna have to work till he dies it's so that's you know it's something that he's really exhausted working at you don't want to be in that position you don't Okay, we always start with our mission statement, independent thinking and shared success. And, of course, we we state that right up front to tell you 
they give you some assurance that we're going to give you facts, you know, on, on our market reporting and explanations of what we think is happening on the educational segments we talk about. And, you know, of course, the stock commentary. But it's all about providing you the information without a bias. We don't have some sponsor that we have to make happy. We don't have to, you know, make anybody, uh, uh, we don't have to push any products or any stocks. We don't have any biases whatsoever. And that's where we will always have it. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, I encourage you to contact me right now with any of your financial or investment questions you might have, so you can drive the show wherever direction you want it to go. So just call. In fact, you can call right now. Interact with us right now. We're live. We're live streaming, 4 to 5 Pacific time. Uh, you can leave questions anytime on our Invest Talk voice bank when we're not live, uh, and you, you can do that anytime. 888-99-CHART is the number, 888-992-4278. So let's get right to the first question. Hello, this is Duncan from New York. Thank you for all that you do. I have a quick question, or I I would say uh, an idea that I read from Bill Ackman. Just what do you think of him as an investor? And two, what he's betting on is that inflation will continuously rise. And he's making a couple of uh, trades and uh, doing some options trading himself. And I just wanted to know, if you think that would be a good idea to do, let's say, a put option on a Vanguard short-term bond ETF for kind of like a defensive play for this high inflation environment, uh, or would you rather just stick with, uh, you know, value stocks as well? Thank you for the answer and looking forward to the podcast. Have a great day. Bye. Well, it wouldn't hurt to be a bit more conservative, that's for sure. Um, we're we're going to have some volatile times ahead of us. Um, there's some headwinds that are out there for our market and our economy and the world economy. So uh, anybody decides for themselves that they want to be a little more conservative, I will be fully supportive of that. And, of course, stick with the value because in a volatile times and a down markets, growth stocks get crushed. Now, I'm not predicting we're going to have a down market. We will eventually someday. I mean, that's easy to say. And we'll have a continuing bull market. That's easy to say, too, because it's just the timing of these things and how bad is bad and how good is good. You know, we, no one ever really knows. But I would not, I would, I would not be opposed if, if you, you, the public out there, decided, you know, individual investors anyways, decided to just get a bit, little bit more conservative right now. Uh, I, I, I have no problem with that. We're going to do that. We're going to do that for our clients. Just get a bit, a little bit more conservative. Nothing dramatic. I mean, we had a pretty good update today. I mean, so you don't want to be too crazy. Uh, my focus point today is going to be uh, as storm clouds gather over global economies, stocks fell and oil dropped. Now, this was just the last couple of days, not counting today. We've had a big bounce up, but that's going to be what we're going to talk about. So, you know, it's lot, you know, this new Omicron variant is soaring in Europe and the United States. Even though it's very fast spreading, it's not nearly as virulent, not nearly as, as uh, deadly. Very, very not even close to the original COVID-19. And I've noticed the stats. I don't know if you have, but I, I go to John Hopkins and take a look at the number of cases reported and then how many deaths. 
Now, I know deaths follow after the cases, so I'm keeping a very close eye on the deaths, and the deaths seem to be pretty steady and level where the cases have been jumping up in the last few weeks. But I do know it's it's a follow-on result. You know, people will die immediately, so we'll just have to keep an eye on that. But I know from what I my reading is this new Omicron is not nearly as deadly. So that's good. That part is good. Okay. So um, that's what we're going to talk about. Um, so how did the market do today? Well, what's my trivia question? Well, the trivia question is going to be about net worth. Do you know how to make that calculation? That'll be coming up at the halfway point of the market. So the Dow is up 560 points. That's 1.6%. The NASDAQ, 360 points today. That's 2.4%. And the S&P 500, 1.8%. So it was a pretty strong bounce today. Well, let's see if it has any legs. I mean, we only have, what, Wednesday and Thursday left. And Thursday being the, you know, the day before the holiday Friday, Friday is Christmas Eve, you might see less trading, people getting off, getting out of town early, getting out of the offices early, or stop working early from the homes, whatever the case may be. Now, we're headed into a quick break, but I'm here for you as always, so give me a call. Let's talk about what you want to talk about. Okay, we are in the final days of trade in 2021. So call 888-99-CHART. No two investors have an identical portfolio. So each investor will have different questions. I guess I'm wondering how I should kind of diversify. If the questions specific to your portfolio aren't being asked, your situation is not addressed. And I wanted your thoughts on the cannabis market. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein take Invest Talk listener questions each weekday during the program live stream in the 4 to 5 p.m. hour Pacific time. The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes, so your questions are always welcome. As a newer investor, my question concerns positions. You have the right to remain silent, but why would you when anything you ask will be used to help you create your financial freedom? I think it'll probably go higher. And so I would keep a tight stop on it. So don't forget to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. We're counting down the days, first Christmas and then New Year's. You may have completed your gift shopping, but you might still have unanswered finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are on duty and ready to provide their unbiased answers. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Yes, my name is Donald. I'm from Pennsylvania. I had a question about the ticker symbol MX. The company is MagnaChip, Korean-based uh, semiconductor company. There's some news recently, and I got a recommendation from somebody that I respect that it is a high risk but uh, good possible bet. I was wondering if you would look at it and uh, give me your, your feelings on it and if you think what would be a good buy point for that. Yeah, just any other insight you might have. And thank you very much. Bye. Oh, oh, sure. It's called Magna Chip Semiconductor, and it is, uh, as you say, uh, a uh, Korean manufacturer. Uh, the headquarters is in Luxembourg, though, not Korea. 
Korean manufacturer of analog and mixed signal ICSs for flat panel displays and mobile devices. Uh, it's a small company, 875 million market cap, which means it's pretty darn small. Anything under a billion is really small these days. They're gonna make. They've made money. The good thing is they've made money since 2017. The earnings per share has been there, and only recently has it really done. You know, started to really pop. For instance, 2021, they're estimated to make um, uh, 98 cents a share. It's a 34% increase from the year before. And then the next year, a 43% increase to $1.40 a share, and it's an $18.85 stock. So that tells you that the P.E. ratio is, what, around 15, 14, 15? Return equity is very good at 17%. Cash flow is strong. Management owns 4%. And mutual funds have been buying it. There was 135 mutual fund owners uh, back in a year ago, and now there's 164. And mutual funds and institutional ownership is 42%. You always want institutional ownership in your company. You don't want too much, and you don't want too little. 42% is not too bad. It's kind of in the middle, middle high. If you have institutions own 90% of the stock, how, how is it going to go higher? The, the people who push stock prices up are institutions, not you and me, not individuals. Now, is this a good buy point? Well, let's take a quick look at a chart. And I would say, yeah, a good buy point is between $17 and $18. So at 1885, that's close enough. Looks like it's starting to gain a little bit of strength. It has loss of support about $17.20, $17.25. Lots and lots of support right there. The next strong, super strong support comes in around $12, $13. So I would say this: if you can get it, if it gets above twenty dollars, twenty-one dollars, it's probably going to go to thirty. Okay, so yeah, this would probably be a good buy point. Magnachip Semiconductor. I would like to see sales growth a little stronger. It's not as consistent and as strong as I would like. That's the only negative I see on that stock, from what I can see. Let's go to Keaton. Keaton in Kansas. How you doing, Keaton? Doing well, Steve. Had a quick question for sure. you. Um, sure. So I actually day trade kind of to make a little money on the side, and I enjoy scalping uh, calls and puts during the day. Okay. Um, but one question I had kind of regarding SPY today is it had the second lowest volume um, for the entire month on kind of a, what looked like a more of a move upward. Um, do you think that that was a legitimate move, or do you think when big volume comes back in, that's kind of going to bleed all that out? Well, to be honest, of course, you realize reading charts is not a science, right? But yeah. I, I was pretty impressed before because it gapped down, gapped down yesterday, and today it gapped back up. And one thing that impressed me even yesterday, it, even though it gapped down, it closed at the high of the day. And today, again, it shot up, gapped up, and closed at the high of the day again on strong volume. So I think we're going to have movement up here for for the, till the maybe till the end of the year maybe. That that's if I'm reading okay. the chart right. Now, it won't be a strong move okay. up. It's not going to be like, you know, wow, oh, it's gone up 10%, 15. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it might get back right, up. If yeah. you're looking at SPY, it might get back up to the 470, 473 area and it's at 462 now. Okay? 
Appreciate the call, Keith. And, and for everybody else, if you're not following that analysis, chart reading is something you have to learn, and it's difficult. It tends to be true. It's not always true. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And for investors, the need to remain vigilant is constant, as I always say, almost every day. So are you being vigilant? So if you're not, or if you have questions, call. We are taking your calls live right now. 888-99-CHART. Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for InvestTalk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. 99 chart. Time to give me a call, everybody, and ask whatever financial questions you want. My focus point today is concerned a particular story. Uh, as storm clouds gather over global economy, stocks fall and oil, and oil drops. Well, that reversed today, but it's still overall it's been dropping last few days up until today. Uh, this article is talking about what kind of what do you mean storm clouds? You know what what is, what's the things that we need to worry about? Well, the Omicron case, the variants, and you're really not, personally, I think we're overreacting to it, and it's all this fear because it's spreading so fast, but all the evidence is so far is pointed out to not very deadly. Of course, that could change. Maybe it's too early to find that out, but from what I understand, that's what it is. But the worry is there, and since the worry is there, cities, states, certain cities and states are, are reacting to it, and they, that reaction is... Slow, going to slow down the economy. It's going to slow down, you know, what we're doing. You know, you're going to, whatever you're doing, if you, you require restrictions of any kind, it's going to slow down. So you have that, okay? That is happening. And it looks like it's going to may even make Germany fall into a, a recession, a possible recession. All of Europe really going to have a really hard time. China which already had the, the uh, problem with, uh, you know, their construction industry, their building industry, is also going to have problems, okay? They're, they're co- this variant is spreading out through their, their, their country as well. So it, it's going to be an issue, well, how bad is bad? When it comes to bad, I'm not talking about the, the, the uh, COVID. I'm talking about the reaction to it. COVID may be bad, may not be bad, may not be bad at all. But it it's going to be the reaction to it, and that will slow down the economy. And therein lies the unknown thing for you and me, right? We already had the Federal Reserve stop being as free with their money by slowing down their bond buying. So they're tightening up even small, a small amount. They're tightening up the money supply. That usually constricts the economy a little bit. Normally, it wouldn't be enough to mean anything, but with you add on to that Omicron thing, and you got that, and so you have, and of course, we're still just getting, trying to get over our supply chain issues, so all those things could add up to a tougher economy than people think, and it could get worse. It could get much worse, but I'm not there yet. I'm not on that side where, oh, it's going to be disastrous. I, I, maybe I'm just an optimist at this point. Remember, I, I read a lot. 
I'm trying to gather all the information I gather. And, you know, I'm just not sure that this Omicron, even though it's supposed to be more uh, easily spread, it certainly is not as virulent. And we already have a bunch of people already vaccinated. I mean, it's not like we're starting with zero on that. I mean, over 50%. So I, I just don't think you should be too worried about it. That's all. So let's keep things moving. Here comes another uh, caller question from our 24-hour-7 voice bank, 888-99-CHART. Hi, guys. I uh, love the show. My question is, Phil Fisher had a three-year rule where if a stock didn't perform in three years, he would sell it. I'm just wondering if you guys have a similar rule for how long you'll hold the stock if it doesn't perform. Uh, mine's not three years. That's too long for me. Okay. After about a year and it's done absolutely nothing, I, I tend to move on. There's something wrong, and I don't want to. You know, I don't. I don't. I'm, I don't know why it's not moving. Because I, if I, I did my homework and buying it, my homework would have told me when I bought it initially that this stock should move within a year. And I'm, it doesn't mean I'll absolutely sell it in a year because it also depends what I bought it for. If I bought it for the dividend and it doesn't move up, that's not too concerning to me because I bought it for the dividend. But if I bought it for capital appreciation and it hasn't done it, something's not right. I don't know what it is, but I would look into it, find out. If I can determine what it is and it's a short-term issue, then I'll hold it on onto it longer than that. Three years, not performing, that's way too long for me. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So, I want to talk about the leading economic indicator report that came out. That comes out from the common sports, comes out every month. It's up 1.1%, okay, from the previous month up only 9 tenths percent. And some of the indicators, there's 10 of them total, one of them being the stock market, uh, the S&P 500 price itself. Is it up or down for the month? Uh, another, you know, there's as I said, there's 10. The work week length, is it is the length of the work week by average workers going, growing or shrinking? Uh, jobless claims, that's a weekly report. Uh, new factory orders. PMI, purchaser management, uh, purchasing managers in the index. Uh, building permits. M2, which is money supply. Interest rate spread, talk about it every week. So there's those kinds of things, okay? So that, it was up. Okay, securing their, their idea of financial freedom is the goal that every Invest Talk listener surely has. So one way to establish near-end goal milestones is to achieve a high net worth. So as we go to break, here's my two-part trivia question. What is the average household net worth in the United States, and how would you calculate your net worth? So after the break, I will supply the answer, but for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage you to call 888-99-CHART. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses 
but are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. The InvestTalk phone lines are open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Okay, before the break, I asked a trivia question. Um, what is the average household net worth in the United States, and how would you calculate your net worth? Net worth is the value of a person's wealth, including their income and total assets, after subtracting their debt. Now, these assets can take different forms. For example, stocks, bonds, homes, art, cars, jewelry, gold, gold jewelry, you know, and other stamps about, you know, there are numismatic stamps that have value, that kind of thing. So debt or liabilities can take various forms, okay? So most of the time, most people's debt is either home debt or home and car debt. That's what most people's debt are, okay? And then they have credit card debt. I forgot about credit card debt, but I shouldn't. So net worth in the United States is very closely linked to age. Older generations who have worked for, for years and years, like myself, have acquired more assets. Typically, we have a lot more wealth. In September 2020, the Federal Reserve Board published a report showing the average net worth for households in the U.S. was $121,700. Average net worth. However, for those between the ages of 65 and 74, it was nearly double that. My personal opinion is even double that is not very much. 121,000 is not very much. Is not. The Fred report also found that between 2016 and 2019, median net worth grew 18% and mean net worth rose a modest 2%. The growth, while notable, came from a period of declining net worth as households stabilized their finances following the 2008 financial crisis. Of course, after COVID, the damage COVID caused, the current net worth estimates are subject to revision. So, you know what? If you are 100, under 121700 and you're 30, 35 years old, you're, you're, you need to catch up fast. Need to work on it. The earlier you start, the better off you'll be. Let's go to Ted in Minnesota. Ted. 
Yeah, I'm calling about Entero Resources, ticker symbol AR. I'm looking to add another natural gas company, and I'm wondering your thoughts on this company and what a good uh, purchase price would be. Okay, there's a decent size, uh, Entero Resources Corp, of $5.6 billion, so that would be mid-cap. Uh, they're going to make $1.66 a share this year and $3.27 a share next year. And it is engaged in oil and gas exploration development in the Appalachian Basin in West Virginia. Now, this has been, they lost 50 cents a share in 2020 and 45 cents a share in 2019. So before that, they made money every year, but it's very volatile. Their earnings per share is very volatile. Uh, most recent sales was up 40%, but the quarter before, this is the most recent quarter, the quarter before was only up 1%. Before that, it was down 9%. The quarter before that was up 37%. You see, so it's, it, these stocks are like that. So they should not earn a very high P.E. They should earn a low P.E. So they're going to make $3.27. It's an $18.07 stock. They don't pay a dividend. That tells you it's fairly low price. I mean, it's what, a sixth P.E., a little less than six P.E.? And the lowest they've been in five years is eight. So, and it's moved up strongly. It used to be uh, not that long ago. In March 2020, it was under a dollar a share. So I think it's a pretty good company. I, if I buy these companies, I do like to see a dividend, but I don't see one here on this one. And it looks like it bottomed right around $15.40 or so and started to move back up. That was about 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. About 15, 16, a half a month, 15 to 16 days, about a half a month ago. Okay? That was AR, everybody. AR. 888.99 chart. Um, the. Tesla, do you know what Tesla's market share in electric vehicles are right now? Do you know? I can tell you last year it was 79.5%. Do you know what it is this year? I'm talking about 2020. It's 66.3%. From 79 down to 66. That should be telling you something. About Tesla. You know, I know Tesla's been down, what, 20% in the last 30 days or so? Well, you know it's super expensive. I've been saying it's super expensive, but it stayed stubbornly super expensive for a number of years, and it's still expensive. But it's, it's something you need to note if you're going to be an investor in Tesla is it's losing market share. Okay, uh, just to give you some, a little bit of idea, uh, GM has went from 8.3% to 9.6%. And, of course, all the big companies are doing that. Ford, Nissan, Audi, all of them are picked, picked up market share. And they're picking it up from Tesla. That's where it's coming from. I mean, Tesla's losing. And this is a natural a natural evolution. It shouldn't be surprising to anybody, but you need to be aware of it. Uh, there was an analyst from Guggenheim said that uh, – Electric vehicles are likely to be 14% of the global sales by 2025 and then 36% of the global sales by 2030. Now, pay attention. Even 2030, which is pretty far out there, it's going to be 36%. So don't think oil and gasoline are going away anytime soon. There's still going to be huge demand for that but it's going to be less demand. Just 
I just want you to be aware of that. So when you start investing in, what's going to happen? I think oil producers are going to cut way back, and they have already in exploration. That's going to drive prices up. You know, drive pump at the price at the pump, and it's going to be very roller coastery roller coaster for the next ten years. So pick your spots in buying and selling in that oil industry. Now, let's swing back to Investor Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier. New York, 888-99-CHART. Hello, this is Luke from New York, a long-time listener. I'm interested in Microsoft for my retirement portfolio for a long-term hold of at least 10 years. Is it worth buying now after the recent dip? If not, what price should I be looking at to get in? We'll be waiting to hear your answer on the podcast. Thanks for all you do. Well, Microsoft has been a great company to own for a number of years, right? I mean, we're talking a long time. Developed operating systems, business software, applications for servers, PCs. And I think I, I, they're growing 22%. And they're a $2.4 trillion company. And they're still growing that kind of sales. I, I'm pretty impressed with Microsoft. Um, uh, they're going to make $10.53. They're a $32, $327 stock. That means the PE is around 32, and that's kind of on the higher end of their price uh, PE range. Return equity is very good at 47. percent There's you can't say too much bad about Microsoft. It just you just can't. So it recently had some weakness. So do you buy it in this recent weakness? It got up to 349 uh, about a month ago, and now it's at 327. Lots of support between 305 and Maybe uh, three, I don't know, 305 to 310, 15, somewhere in that range, lots of support, maybe 318. Uh, it's at 327, so it's above that because it had a really good day today. It was right, right in that top of that range yesterday. Um, so that's a good buy point. If about 305 to 310, if you can if you get it there, that's a good buy point. Now, it might get down to 280 which is a very strong support point, okay? Supports, 280. Um, I don't know if I would chase it. I'd wait for a weakness. It will come. I just don't know when. And uh, this weakness it's having is not that strong a weakness yet. So I'd be a little patient. That's what I would do, trying to get into Microsoft. It's fun to make the two in a row, so let's go and do another one. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen Justin. This is Art from Tucson. Thanks for all the great information on the podcast. I'm a regular listener. I have a question about gold and silver, GLD, SLV, and the gold miners, uh, GDX ETFs. And you seem to differ in your opinions on gold and silver right now. Justin seems very bullish, and Steve seems to be turning maybe bearish on these investments. Wondering, going into year-end here, I'm overweight in precious metals right now. If I should uh, exit, trim, or hold on to these investments, and I'll listen on the podcast. Thank you. Bye. Well, of course, that's up to you. And Justin and I don't quite agree on gold. I'm thinking I waited long enough for gold to perform. Remember the earlier call during the show here uh, about how long is my waiting period? You know, before, and, and uh, Fisher says he waits three years. Well, I don't know if I'd wait three years, and I told you I'm, after a year I'm getting concerned. My concern with gold is we've already had lots of inflation. 
gold didn't do anything. I thought it would go up in this year because of inflation. But the dollar got stronger, too. And the Fed continues to trim its bond-buying program. That's, that's squeezing money out of the system. I don't know if that's beneficial for gold. That, that means he's fighting that that will kind of retard further inflation. I think we've seen a peak in inflation. So is Justin, by the way. He still thinks gold will have another run up. I, I, I'm starting to waver on that. I don't know if it will or not. Uh, I've been waiting for over a year, and it hasn't. So I think you're going to have to make your own independent decision. You know, read read up about it, get other people's opinion, people in the know, and decide. That doesn't mean I hate gold. I don't. I still like it as a hedge against any market volatility. So for that purpose, it, it will hold, it will do well. It will. So I just don't think I'm as bullish as I was. I'm getting kind of tired of waiting around for it. I don't like dead money too long. So that was my opinion. Okay, uh, as you know, um, I, I, I usually take a little time out during the hour to talk about KPP Financial. Uh, we are located in Irvine, California. That's It's in Orange County, for, Orange County between San Diego and L.A. counties and on the coast. Um, we have various tr- strategies. We have five strategies that we implement. I'm in all five of them with my own personal money, uh, with all my money. And, uh, you know, we practice what's called parallel investing. That's what that means. When I invest, me and Justin invest our own money along with yours, with other clients. So if we have gold, you have gold. We, you know, we have the same amount. You know, so any other positions that we have is the exact same. You know, of course, that doesn't happen immediately because when you come aboard, you know, we don't just go dump all our money into all our positions into your portfolio. We take our time. We want to make sure we do it right. If you want to take a look at your portfolio, we'd love to do that. Call our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California. And after speaking with us, about 10 minutes, you'll find out what our, what kind of difference, how we are different than other people. We are a bit different. We want to figure out what your risk tolerance and what your situation is and whether we can help you or not. We will give you advice even if you don't become a client. That's okay, too. You know, so there's no obligation. We want to help you. We'll help you. Our number is 888-99-CHART. If you have a question, I'll give you an unbiased answer to it. So give me a call, 888-992-4278. Next up, we have a question from Dan from Walnut Creek. The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes. I have a question for you about Amazon. So your questions keep coming. I have a question about PE ratios. And that's okay because Steve Peasley and Justin Klein specialize in unbiased guidance. If I'm looking at a dividend company, I'm looking for consistency of earnings and dividends. Your standard daily chart typically goes back one year. Steve and Justin are fearless. So don't forget to call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. 888-99 chart. Let's talk to Dan in Walnut Creek. Hi, Dan. Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Hey, um, I know um, you and Justin both spoke highly of Playboy. Um, you like the brand, but um, it's been dropping pretty steadily over the last uh, four or five weeks. Yep. Um, what do you think about it now? We still, still own it. it? Uh, we still own it. I'm going to stick with it because I like what they're doing with their, their – they're, they're going to make $0.37 cents next year. 
But I like the sales. The most recent quarter sales was up 67%. Quarter before that was 44. The quarter before that was 34. So, you know, I I think, you, you know, I'm going to, we're going to stay with a bit here uh, because of what, what they're doing with their, with their branding going forward. And I, I, it's not my favorite stock by far, but I do think you need to stick with it if you, if you own it. If you want to buy it, you know, this weakness that it's, it's developed is probably a good, a pretty good buy. And a good buy point is right around 27 to $28, and that's at $28.52 now. So depends on what you, how much risk you want to take. This would be a risky position. This is one of our more risky positions. Okay? Appreciate the call. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, always the same, to help you achieve financial freedom, to get you to that point where you don't have to worry about retirement, about having enough money to, to support yourself in your retirement years, whatever that is. So our work will continue right after this break. So give me a call. Questions are very welcome. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Ricardo in Linwood. Let's talk about Children's Place, Inc. Hi, Ricardo. Hi, Ricardo. Steve. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I was going to call yesterday to ask if uh, if PLC had bottomed out. I think I might have gotten my, my answer today, or, or did I? I? I think it has. It fell right into support. Okay, everybody for everybody else. It operates, uh, Children's Place operates uh, 749 children's apparel stores in the U.S. and Canada. It has very good numbers. Uh, they're going to earn $13 this year per share, $11 next year, and it's a $76 stock. So the P.E. is really low. Sales have been picking up strongly the last three quarters. Before that, they were falling. So, it, you know, it's a very cyclical kind of company. But to answer to your question, Ricardo, uh, this might be okay, there was a lot of support between seventy three and seventy six dollars, and it bounced up to seventy six dollars and seventy one cents today. Okay, so it was right around the seventy three seventy four dollars. So I, I think this is very well could be a strong support. I would wait a couple of three days and before to make sure. That's what I would wait. But it is at a very low price stock, so it's a good value play. Okay, even though it's cyclical, if the economy starts to sink, this will sink. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you, Ricardo. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Shrinking cities in the United States. You know there has been a long term shrinkage of small towns throughout the United States. Everybody moving into the big cities. For instance, uh, Norwich, Connecticut used to be known as the Rose of New England, the city. Well, people have been leaving since the 1960s, that city, and now large gap in economic diversity, rich and poor people there, 
and lack of, you know, working opportunities there. And the city has been shrinking, and, you know, just the way it is. Uh, El Paso, Texas is the same. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, have lost 150,000 people today, today from 1960 to today. So we had a trend and have had a trend for a long time, people moving out of the small cities and moving into the big cities. My question to you, with those strikingly rise in crime in the last year, is that going to start reversing or is just slow down or stop altogether? I mean, uh, you know, think about the baby boomers retiring. We can, you know, that's my generation. We can retire any way we want. I might want to go to a small town. Not necessarily a big town, as long as it has services that I need. You know, uh, I can just see that trend if crime doesn't get uh, does gets stays as high as it has been since this, you know, movement to not fund the police. I can see the small cities being more attractive to people in retirement. I mean, it's just, it's just, and what will that do for you as an investor? Well, I'm thinking about property values. I mean, will the Property values that have been falling or not doing very well in small cities finally stabilize and start to research it? Or maybe should we be thinking about buying rental properties in these places? I don't know. I always try to think what's the best place I can put some money, you know, to get good returns. And there's possibilities there. So just something I'm suggesting. Okay. 888-99 chart is our number. Remember, we're going to have a short week. Friday, there's no trading. And I think Thursday, half the people will be gone on Wall Street. So I have a feeling that it's going to be a very, you know, tomorrow is Wednesday. So tomorrow is going to be your last kind of full day to figure out what's going to go on. And then you got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday next week. And I think, I don't think people will take off Thursday next week because Friday is the last day of the month and New Year's is Saturday. So, but this week, I think half the people are going to be gone on Thursday. So tomorrow will be our really last full day testing. And we want to see if there is a continuation of today's big move up. That's important. Did we finally hit a short-term bottom here? Okay. I'm Steve Peterson, and this completes another InvestTalk program. Justin Klein, I thank you for being with us, listening to our show. And please tell your friends and family. It's all free. The podcast is always free. You can get it at Google Play, uh, Spotify, iTunes. And we would like you to rate us, as we say every day. So please rate us on iTunes. We're getting close to Christmas. I will be back tomorrow. Independent thinking, share success. This is Invest Talk. Enjoy your evening, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1 800 557 5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein, chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. 
And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. 